The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time. But it was a beginning. Hello and welcome. This is The Wind Was a Beginning, a podcast about Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. This is Season 2, Episode 8. Are you saying that warders are like onions? Hello everyone and welcome back. We hope you're ready to continue our trek through Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time as we continue in book two, uh, The Great Hunt. My name is Justin, one of your hosts here at The Wind Was a Beginning, and as always, I am joined by my good buddy, Stephen. Stephen, how you doing tonight? I am doing great. Glad to be here. I'll tell you what, uh, are you ready for, for these chapters? Yes and no. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm ready. Uh, there's some. There's some meat on these bones. And listeners, uh, you probably already know if you've been listening along. But uh, we are in chapters 22 through 24 of the Great Hunt for this week's episode. And we 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 were talking off air. We we may not get to chapter 24 this week. Just because there's so much in the other two chapters, uh, we're going to see what happens. And uh, we may push that one back to next week just to give you a heads up. But uh, go ahead and, just in case, go ahead and read, if you haven't already, read chapters 22 through 24. Uh, pause the podcast first, go read, and then come back and we will be ready to discuss. And... I think I just want to go ahead and get right into it this week, Stephen. Okay. Uh, I, I I don't think there's any room for for banter. We got things we could talk about, but uh, I think we just need to get right right into it. I will just say this: uh, these chapters we're about to get into, this is probably the the hardest I will ever as so far in the series. This has been the hardest couple of chapters for me not to want to spoil for our listeners. Oh man. <laughs> uh yeah uh all right so let's go ahead and dive into chapter 22 which is titled watchers moraine searches for answers in rfl but recognizes that she also has to deal with some of the changes she's witnessing in her warder at the same time Moraine asks another sister many questions on, on a variety of, of topics, but she still doesn't know if she's found the answers that she's looking for. And while trying to wrap her head around some of what is said, Moraine is attacked by a Drakkar that somehow came near without detection. Lan and another warder save the day, and Moraine soon sets off again, believing she may have found an answer she didn't even know she was seeking and hoping that it was not too late. So these this this chapter I guess we could say is in three movements. There's a discussion at the beginning between Moraine and Lan, and then there is um, a lot of information that comes out. There's a lot of information that comes out between 
uh, Moraine and Lan. Uh, but then there's a discussion with uh, Van, Van Deen. Mm-hmm. It was a sister of the Green Aja. She lives uh, near this little village with her sister. Um, and they are writing a history of the world, so to speak. Not, and not, not the Mel Brooks kind. Um, yeah. And, um, far less comical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably, probably so. Probably so. Um, so that's the second movement is the discussion that they have. And then the third scene would be, uh, when Moraine is attacked. So we're going to get to each one of those things in turn. So I guess we'll begin with, uh, Lan and Moraine. So do you want to, you want to start us off there? Yeah. So, uh, it's just kind of this neat little, uh, window dressing scene here, I guess, where we kind of get, first off, we figure out where Moraine disappeared to, uh, because, True. you know, she was with the girls and the Omerlin and everything. And then Equine and everybody's getting off the boat and they're like, where's Moraine? Right. And Moraine, Leandrin and Varen are, well, let's see. So if I figure out where they went. Yeah. Well, we know we know where Varen went. Yep. Because she caught up with the uh, Shinaran party. Now we know where Moraine has gone off to. We don't know where Leandrin is yet, do we? Nope. Okay. That worries me. <laughs> it probably should. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is so, this, this, this little discussion that they have? So we... We find out a little bit about how Moraine and Lan met. Uh, and this is actually explored a little bit more in the one and only prequel book for The Wheel of Time, A New Spring. Yeah. I think I, uh, I think I read half of that at one point and didn't finish it. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not going to get into that because I don't want to spoil anything from that book. This is We'll cover that at some point on the podcast, yeah. but uh, not tonight. But... Uh, we basically have her reminiscing at first about how they met and basically their first little encounter, their playfulness at each other, I guess, is it, the best it, way I can put it. It was a little bit. It was a little bit yeah. of a, a little bit of playful back and forth. He throws her into the pond and she turns around and using the power dumps like half the pond on him. Yep. There's some other things that, uh, you know, it's just little snippets that, that are mentioned in there, but they're clearly reminiscing about uh, a little bit of their, their history. Yeah, and it, it I think it goes a, a good way, at least for me, to begin to humanize Moraine and Land. Sure. Because in the first book especially, especially Moraine, Land, to some degree, we got a little bit with, but Moraine, in the first book especially, is very, like, this un- mysterious, you know, Gandalf type character. You know, you don't know much about them. They come in with the magic and do the things and lead the people, but we don't know much about her, like as a person. Yeah. Uh, we just see how other people see her. So I think this is neat. Uh, and that little throwback to how they met and her being basically a very young, the way she puts it is basically a young Aes Sedai just off her apron strings, basically. Yeah. You know, it's it's young. It, it's a little bit of character building. I mean, it's really really what we're seeing yeah. here is we're 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 developing these characters a, a little bit more, which is a good thing because you know we still have what like 13, 12, 12 13 books to go in the series. Um, yeah. Which it was originally envisioned. It was supposed to be what twelve. Or, uh, 
Well, I mean, I, I, when, I know, he, I, when he initially approached his publisher with The Eye of the World, it was supposed to be a trilogy. Oh, okay. And then it turned, and, it, it extended further. <laughs> well, his publisher told them, how about we do five? Oh, okay. Because they knew him at that point, and they knew he'd never do a, just a trilogy. Ah, okay. And so the original deal was for five books. <laughs> and then they just he just kept adding. Well, I, I, uh, I just I just know at the end when um, Brandon Sanderson picked it up, uh, it, it it got extended again. But that's that's a whole other uh, conversation yeah. for another time. Um, but there's still a long way to go and a lot of time to spend with these characters. We hope. Um, Moraine's talking about some things that might bring that into question, but uh, we hope we got yeah. more time to spend with these characters. Yeah, so we get this little uh, exposition here where basically uh, Moraine is, I think, testing Lan yeah. at this point uh, because of the things that happened back in Faldara and things that she's been noticing. Uh, and so she drops this truth bomb on him that she's made arrangements for him if anything happens to her. Uh, almost like a magical will. Uh, but it's... it's I, almost, I have issue with what she does here. Not that it doesn't need to happen, because there's a reason. Mm-hmm. But it is showing a side of the water bond that is dangerously close to compulsion. Well, that's even the word that's that's used. Yeah. It says that he would uh, be compelled uh, yep. to seek out Morel. So And he even he even comments, you know, you've never used the bond to compel me. You 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 know, you you disagree with doing that. Yep. Um, but apparently that is something the bond can do. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. We don't we didn't know that before. Yeah. Uh that is kind of scary to think about that they can pretty much, pretty much yeah. force their warders into something. Yep. And 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 you would you know if it was a a lesser person, which uh, Moraine's not squeaky clean, but if it were a lesser person, just imagine the things that could be done. Uh, or if the person was not even a lesser person, but a darker person. Well, that's kind of what I meant in there, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're, 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 it's it's that's troubling. I hadn't really thought too much about that, but now that you bring it up, that is really troubling. Yeah, because um, we know so little about the bond right now. Yeah, uh, that that's kind of this darker side to the idea that almost gets glanced over if you're not careful in this section. That's kind of kind of what I did because I, I think I was more focused. You know, I I kind of missed until I listened to. The audiobook, I, I kind I kind of missed Land's anger in the situation. The the, the narrator of the audiobook did a fantastic job um, portraying that. I kind of missed it when I read it, and I read it a couple of times before that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to to get get that insight was, uh, I guess, really helpful to understand um, what I'm considering. Uh, there's a lot that's not being said. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that's said, but at the same time, there's a lot that's that's not being said. Clearly, there's more 
that Moraine is not telling Lan. And and yeah. I, I don't know, you know, from this talk about which you know, she she kind of mentions she she always has to be mindful that her death could come at any moment simply because of the nature of what she yeah. is and what she's doing, but this seems to be a little bit more than that. Like she yeah. has some some idea more more concrete idea that that it might be coming sooner rather than later. Well, she asks him more than once, does your bond chase? Yes. You know, do you, are you going at, you know, she's prying to try and get details because I think what she's not saying is a particular name. Yes. I was going <laughs> to, I, I was going to mention that too, because in that discussion about, uh, lands bond passing to someone else. Yep. And and he 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 words it as though, you know, he's just a package being passed off from one person to another a parcel being yeah. passed. And and I think at least for me, I think she knows exactly where he's eventually going to end up. Or if or who he happens to her. Or or who he's eventually going to end up with. Yeah. And uh, I don't think he has a clue in the world. He's just ticked like he's just going to be handed off to some rando he doesn't know. I don't think it ever occurs to him what she's intending. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, he might not be quite as angry. Who knows? Uh, but she even asks it, herself, kind of toward. I think it's after he's left the room. You know, she kind yeah. of thinking to herself. She asks herself, you know, what's she gonna do when he asks to be released to of be, the bond? Yeah. It's like she anticipates that that's coming. Yeah. And, you know, she, she doesn't know how she's going to react. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot that's going on between these two. That's some things being said, but a lot being unsaid. And Moraine definitely reads the signs well. Yeah. <laughs> I guess and you I, could say. I think. I think she sees the writing on the wall, um, and you know she's definitely a pretty observant woman. Yeah. But uh, I think at the same time, his behavior towards the rest of their party is part of what is also clued her in because she she doesn't say it outright to him, but she's noticed his shifting allegiances, and that's I yeah. think what has brought this discussion on. Well, well you, uh, go ahead. No, go uh, ahead. I was going to say you mentioned a little earlier his um his behavior in Faldara. Yeah. And particularly his behavior towards Rand which yeah. he he proposes well it's because he's Tavirin. Which yeah. there may be some truth there. Uh, there 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 may be some some possibility of that. I'm not going to completely disregard that because we, we, you know, if we get there in chapter 24 tonight, there's a lot of talk about Tavir in there as well. And we kind of see like the effects of Tavir and people's lives being changed because they've come into contact with Rand. Yeah. But, but Moraine, knows that there's something else. Yeah. 
And if it was just the Tavirin thing, then he would have been doing the same thing with Matt and Perrin too, because they're just they're Tavirin too, you know. But he focuses in on Rand, I think, because he he knows that Rand needed him, and yeah. because just like Moraine is indicating in her thoughts, his allegiances are now more to those boys from Edmondsfield because his allegiance is now swaying to Nynaeve. Right. Uh, she she even comments, you know, he was practically indifferent to them yeah. at first, but once Nynaeve got into the picture and as time progressed, we saw that we saw that change taking place. Yeah. Now I do I agree with you that I think the Taviran nature has something to do with it. But I yeah. think Moraine is, uh, yeah, let's see, where does she respond with it? Well, uh, and while you're yeah, looking for, it's bas- oh, go, yeah, go ahead now. He basically is using it as, as an excuse. There may be some validity to it, uh, but Moraine is like, Tathirin. Perhaps it was that. You know, but basically she's, she's not saying he's lying, <laughs> But he, she's not saying that she like a hundred percent believes that's all there was to it. Yeah. Do you think you think deep down he knows the truth as well? Mm. And maybe maybe he's just trying to hide it from himself. Yeah, probably. Yeah. At least probably on some level. Yeah, I think so too. So. Um, yeah, and you know, I think too. We don't want to disregard the fact that. Outside of Nynaeve and outside of everything that else has gone on and the Tavira nature and things, I think that he and Rand, uh, since they started sparring and training and things like that, that Land has actually developed a little bit of his own relationship with Rand. Yeah. Too. Well, I, and I think. Uh, independent of those things. Yeah, I think we've mentioned that before. Uh, you know, um, I think we've called it kind of a. In a little bit of like a father-son relationship, or maybe like a an uncle with his nephew, or older brother and a younger brother kind of kind of thing going on. Yeah, the more I think about it, it, it feels more and more to me like a uh, an older brother type yeah. mentality that he takes on there. Yeah, uh, and I think I, I think, think there's a I think Rand kind of feels a little bit of that too. Yeah. So there's definitely that that mentor aspect to it, and. Um, their bond, talking about bonds, uh, yeah. the bond between Lan and Rand is is growing as well. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a lot of layers to it and things that are very complicated and they are causing Moraine issue because she's <laughs> not used to having Lan do things on his own or question or this is not who she's been working alongside for the last 20 years. Are, are, are so, you saying, are you saying that warders are like onions? <laughs> <laughs> this particular one is at least. <laughs> uh, I don't know if all warders are that. I think some warders are probably pretty simple, but uh, this one, this one definitely has layers. Yeah. So just, just real yeah, quick, I, you know, speaking of warders, we do get another warder in this, uh, chapter that maybe he has some layers too. Uh, when, when, when Moraine and, and Van Deen are discussing things, she mentions her, her warder. Yeah. Who, now that Lan has shown up, he's kind of remembering that he's, what is it? She said, he's not just a gardener or yeah. something like that. 
Yep. Because um, base. Because here's the thing. Uh, they allude to this later on, but uh, the two Isadai here are not known as Isadai to the village. Right. They are just living. It's just like they're two old women living in a hut with their, you know, the one man. And he's basically their handyman slash gardener type. So I think basically what she's saying is they've been playing these roles for so long that sometimes it's easy to forget that's not actually who they are. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Well, since we since we brought up uh, Van Dien, should we should we talk about that discussion that she and Moraine have? Sure. Uh, and it's basically. Yeah, it it's basically just Moraine probing for information because even though Vandine is of the Green Aja, her sister is, uh, and I, I forgot her sister's name. I have it in my notes, but uh, is Brown Aja, and they're working on this history together. And by this time, you know, in many ways, she might as well be Brown herself. Yeah, uh, her knowledge is so deep, uh, and so Moraine questions her about uh, several things regarding the dragon, um, regarding the Horn of Valir, Shatter Logoth, the Forsaken, many different th- things that are brought up. So uh, where do we want to start? <laughs> I mean, we can just go in the order that Moraine brings them up if you want. Yeah. Uh, well, well, so- she she asks about the drag, any connection between the dragon and the Horn of Valir, and there's really not anything other than... Nothing that we don't already know. Yeah. Uh, the horn's got to be found before the last battle, and the dragon's going to fight in the last battle. That's really the only connection. I guess the bigger yep. one is the second question. Toman Head. Is there a link between the dragon and Toman Head? And it's uh, debatable, yeah. apparently. Yeah, uh, the two sisters don't even agree. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, but Van Dien does have a theory... And what is that theory? <laughs> so, uh, there is a group on Toman Head that are referred to as the Watchers Over the Waves. Uh, let me, let me ask you, before, before we go further yeah. than that, is, is that a name that should mean anything to us at this point? It is a name you have heard. Okay. In reference to what's going on on Toman Head with the your favorite group of people. Well, I know I know that there's something going on there, but is there would it be spoilery to reveal who exactly that's referring to? Uh so it is referring to a group that is supposed to wait and watch for the return of Ardor Hawkwing's Lost okay. Army. Okay. I, I was just I was trying to figure out, you know, because I they were Several groups that came to my mind that I wasn't quite sure. Uh, yeah. So that that clears it up a little bit. Um, yep. So continue. <laughs> basically, it's a it's a argument on translation and wording. Uh, Almost so, sounds like a theological discussion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, a lot of it does. Uh, so basically, the watchers or Watchers Over the Waves in basically, I think, the old tongue is Do Amir Avron. Right. And uh, the verse that she's talking about is a verse from the Prophecies of the Dragon that says, 
uh, it's in the original translation. It says, Five ride forth and four return. Above the watchers shall he proclaim himself. Bannered across the sky in fire. Uh, so the word that's used for watchers there is mavron, mm-hmm. uh, which is simply watchers. Uh, okay, sorry. And she thinks that it should be translated, if it was just referring to random watchers, it would be translated as Avron. Right. But since the word that is used there is Mavron, uh, she thinks it connects it to this organization, right. the watchers over right. the way. She thinks it refers to this specific group. Yep. Which Not means random watchers. Which, which means what in terms of the prophecies of the dragon? Or... or, or I, I guess. I guess. What does she think it means? <laughs> uh, she thinks that that means that that location, Tomon Head, where the Watchers over the waves are, is where the dragon will be revealed. Like the dragon won't be reborn there, obviously, because he has to be reborn on Dragon Mount. Right. But she believes that Tomon Head is the where the world will realize the dragon has been reborn, where he will proclaim himself to the world. So uh, and a, so she's been keeping an eye on that part of the country to yeah. look for any signs of that. And she's thinking maybe there's one that fits the bill, but Moraine disagrees because obviously she's on Camp Rand. Right, because <laughs> she mentions um, Eridomon and Saldea, which are above Toman Head yep. if you look at a map. Yep. Uh, so it's, ge- it's geographical kind of references going on here. And... There is a man who can channel in Saldea, a false dragon even, time. who can ta- who can channel in Saldea. Um, yep. So, but Moraine doesn't give him any heed because she's convinced it's Rand. Right. She just basically offhanded says, "Well, our sisters will take care of him just like they did Logan." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. So, but yeah, so we have that little line. Our first real. A uh, hard, fast line of prophecy from the prophecies of the, of the dragon that we have some connection to now. Uh, so it, it brings up a lot of questions, too. Like, uh, who are the five, and why is only four going to return? You know, honestly, I didn't give any thought to that, because <laughs> I was I was more focused on, on the rest of it, because I guess because the conversation focused more on on the rest of it. I yeah. didn't really think too much about that, but you have a thought, I think, well, <laughs> or a question. Five, there are five people that came out of Edmonds Field. Oh, and Three only boys, four returns. So, are you? I don't know. Telling me that somebody's about to die. Not at all. <laughs> I would never spoil it if there was. I'm just saying it's awful suspicious. Something is going to happen where there's not one person's not going to return from whatever happens on Tomon Head. Hmm. Whether that's referring to the five we know or a whole new five, there's no way to know at this point. But something is going to happen to that fifth person. At least that's what I would read from this prophecy anyways. Prophecy is so difficult, though. Yep. <laughs> there's I mean, only it could it could literally just mean that five of them rode forth and one of them walked back you know <laughs> it, uh, you know it doesn't have to be 
a death prophecy, but it sure reads that way to me. So I don't know. There's it just brings up lots of questions for me. Um, but I think we've got some more interesting little bits as their conversation continues. Yeah, because she asks about um, Shatter Logoth. Mm-hmm. And she asks a question of, look, I mean, and and I think you know that there's really not more new information about Shatter Logoth. Nothing that we don't already know. But Moraine asks a question about why a fade would take something that had come from Shatter Logoth. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing she's talking about the dagger. Yeah. She's definitely talking about the dagger, so uh, which is actually the, the point of uh, confusion in the first little bit because she jumps straight from talking about the dragon to talking about Shadow Logoth, yeah. and she's not even talking about Rand anymore. She's got a whole different set of questions now. Yeah, um, which, which Van Dien answers or says, a fade wouldn't take something from Shadow Logoth if he knew what it was. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody in their right mind would take something from Shadow Logoth if they knew what it was. Yeah, um, because the the hate that destroyed Shatter Logoth was hate for the dark. Right. Uh, just as much as it would corrupt and destroy anyone else, it's a weapon made of hatred. It's going to do, and I think we've seen exactly what it will do. Yeah. To when we found Mister Fade nailed to. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, that's the thing is I think we already, you know, we we're already aware that, you know. Fades and Trollocs are just as afraid of Shadow Logoth as anybody else. And those yeah. ones that went in uh, back in book one literally had to be forced uh, into the city. So they're, yeah. they're not any more keen on it than anybody else. Yeah, and I think that this right here, there's two in a little while when at the end of this chapter, Moraine and Land decide to go. Basically, we get the idea that Moraine believes she has at least found one answer. And I think there's two possibilities for what that is, and I think this is one of them. You think she's figured uh, out something about the dagger? Yeah. Or I think that uh, is possible, that she's put two and two together, that the only thing that makes sense is that it was Padden Fane who took the dagger. So you think, she's, that, you think that might be the thing that she figured out? It's one of two possibilities. Okay. There are two things I think she may have figured out, and that's one of them. That, that, that's one of them. Okay. Because that was going to be a question I had is, you know, what, what answer did she find that she didn't even know she was looking for? Because that's mentioned towards the end yeah. of the chapter. Uh, one other topic that comes up is the Forsaken. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Van Dien doesn't know anything else than yeah. what a novice would have known. They do mention uh, the name Lanfear gets brought up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the daughter of the night is her, I guess, moniker. Yeah. We do get told, I don't know if this is the first time we've heard this or or not, but she was uh, closely linked to Luce Theron yeah. uh, when he was the dragon. So uh, that may or may not be new information, but... Seems like it could be uh, important information. Yeah, it was referenced when the whole thing with the Omerlin and Varen happened. Okay. I uh, thought it might have been, it, but... Yeah, we didn't get it, like, outright, although we did... I think Varen is the one that mentioned that they were lovers in the 
in the past before he met his wife. Uh, Luz okay. Theron and Wanfear were together. Okay. So so like so. a jilted lover or <laughs> probably you could assume so. I mean uh, she did go to the dark and he married someone else, so I would assume they didn't end on good terms. Uh <laughs> he, so, he 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 drove her to the darkness by marrying another woman. It's all it's all settled now. We figured it out. Uh I don't know. Oh. Something something tells me it's not that simple. Yeah, I don't think it's nearly that simple. Um, <laughs> um but that's kind of uh, it for that's kind of it for their well, discussion or was there There's there's one more thing. Okay. And this is easy to miss. Um and I just wanted to bring our it to the attention of you and our listeners. So at the end of the conversation, uh, after right after Van Deen is talking about the fact that Lanfear was linked to the dragon and everything, and she's saying, uh, Moraine, do you have some clues as to where the dragon will be reborn or was reborn? Has he come already? And Moraine gets away with, with not having to tell the truth. We've talked about how Aes Sedai can't lie. Right. So this is an example of how they get around that. She answers with her own question. Yeah. Instead I, of answering straightforward, she allows Van Deen to assume off of an answer saying, if I did, would I be here instead of the White Tower? Yes. <laughs> she doesn't actually answer uh, the question. She gets around it by asking a question of her own. Uh, so... It has now completely been proven. They can get around that. They oath. can get around the truth. <laughs> I actually picked up on that as I was listening to it. Is that yeah, technically she didn't lie? Yep. She just didn't give all the details. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I so guess I one other thing I, I may be worth mentioning is there is a mention from Van Deen. She she thinks the signs are everywhere that uh, Tarman Gaiden is coming. Yeah. That the last battle she, is near. Yeah, she's no fool. She can tell things are changing. So many false dragons in such a short period of time. Yeah. Everything that's going on in the world. She knows that the Dark One's prison must be weakening. And and she also recognizes that Lan must be is troubled with a woman. <laughs> yeah. She assumes <laughs> that it's a lover's quarrel between Moraine and Lan. Uh, which is exactly what a green would assume because most greens are attached to their waters like that. Yeah. Um that's that, that was kind of funny to me that little uh yeah. well, maybe he's noticed that you're a woman as well as an Aes Sedai. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh no 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 such thing. Um uh well Moraine needs yeah. to clear her head. Uh, yeah, she's, she's she's been given a maybe not clear her head but just to because uh, she's been given a lot to think about. Maybe kind of try to puzzle it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So she goes to take a stroll in the garden. And yeah. that turns dark really quick. It does. Um, uh, because we meet something that should not be able to be there. Yeah, I guess that was the the big thing. You know, this, this Drakkar that, that comes in. And we get a little bit of detail of what they can do. You know, I think yeah. the only ones we've seen so far were basically just acting as sentries or 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 scouts, scouts. for yeah, not yeah, not sentries, scouts would be the better word. 
uh, when the party was originally leaving the two rivers. Uh, but this, um, this Drakkar's kiss. Yeah. Is, it's, it's almost like, like when I was thinking about it, I was thinking it was like if, if a, if a Dementor and a vampire had a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. the first thing they do is they suck out your soul and then they suck out your life. And it's even mentioned, yeah. you know, if they, if, if this happened, you know, and, and they, they could get to her before she was killed, but she might not be who she was anymore. So that's a really, uh, a really scary prospect to think about from, from these yeah. creatures. Yeah. And it's also, we get a clear distinction that in this world, the soul and the body are two separate things that can be split, that can be separated. And the body can live without a soul. That's an important thing to remember. Okay. What kind of life it would be? It, I mean, for all we know, she'd be a vegetable. Right. There wouldn't be much uh, of a life yeah. there, but technically but the she body would still be alive. Technically, keep breathing without yeah. a soul, which is something maybe to file away in the back of your mind. Um, You'll have to remind me of it when it comes up because you know I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so, yeah, I, it, it's. It's a truly terrifying, like, Trollocs can kill you, Faith can kill you. This brings up the interesting question, and I know, Justin, I think you had this question uh, at some point. Uh, well, we'll save that for later. Yeah, I had a question that I was going to bring up when we uh, record our Q&A episode uh, about this Drekhar's Kiss. Yeah. Uh, so, listeners, that's something you can be looking forward to in that episode at the end of the season. Uh, but there is a a, a, a question that I have based on what I know of this world and, and how things work in it. Um, but yeah, that, that'd be a little, little sneak yeah. preview. <laughs> uh, I guess the real question is how did this dude get here? So yeah, um, it's warded. So just like Moraine was using wards to hide them from the dark ones forces, like when they were in Shadow Logoth, uh, when they were camping out on the road, she was using wards to hide them. Someone has done this to the drag car. Otherwise, the warders would have felt it. Moraine should have felt it. Right. Long before it ever long, got close. Long before it snuck up behind her. Yeah. So who who would be able to do something like that? Well, it would it's it would have to be it would have to be someone using the power? It would have to be even more specific than that. It would have to be someone using the power and using the female half of the power. Otherwise, she wouldn't be able to see any of it. Like, she could assume it was warded, but if it's not with Sidar, she would have no way of knowing. So the fact that she can know that it was warded means that the wards were created with Sidar. So she is certain that it was warded. That's what I'm led to believe I, see, by what I read. I, I Maybe... I'll have to go back and look at it, I think. Because um, my... My my understanding was that it was just a, an assumption based on, you know, the fact that it snuck up on her. Well, it must have been. A well, war no, or it's. So here's what it says. So, uh, basically, Adelise, which is the brown sister, uh, she says, "Could any creature of the shadow? How could any creature of the shadow come so close without any of us sensing it?" 
And Moraine just states it like it's an honest fact. She says, it was warded. And then Adelise says, that's impossible. Only a sister could. Mm. And she stops. And Moraine said the words none of them wanted to hear. Black Aja. The words that I've been fighting for 24 episodes now. Uh, trying to say, we don't know for certain yet. <laughs> Yeah. Uh this may all but confirm. I and and look, I I know it's pretty much been all but confirmed already uh from the prologue of this ch- of this book, but uh it's it just the evidence is piling up. Right? Well, it's evidence of one of two things here. So she jumps her conclusion is to jump to Black Aja. It must be a dark sister. There is one other possibility that she is not even letting herself consider. Thinking about the Black Oz is bad enough. Yep. I know where you're going. (laughs) At least I think I know where you're going. They just got done talking about her. Yeah. There's there's at least one female Forsaken that we know of so far. Uh, uh, So it doesn't have to have been the Black Oz. This could have been Lanfear. Ugh. That that uh, you know what I would rather it be Black Aja. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you definitely would rather it be Black Aja. But I will say this: I don't think it was Lanfear. I think it was a Black Sister because I don't think Lanfear would have bothered with a Drat car. Yeah, I think she would have just done the job herself. <laughs> like I. I don't think she would have bothered hmm. using a drat car like this to me reeks of somebody who's wanting to stay hidden yeah, and doesn't want anyone to know they were involved. Hmm. So, so wonder, but that I th- wonder who it could be. Yeah. Which that's the other thing I think is maybe one of the possible answers. Moraine. Gets. Moraine you think that's the other thing Moraine figured out? Yeah. Think she's figured that, out who might be Black Aja or I don't think she's figured out who, but I think she has suspicions. Okay. Um and I think she's also now worried because she thought she had done a pretty good job of making sure like she got rid of all of Rand's and the boys' things and got them new stuff so that no one could trace them. She thought she did a pretty good job of making it safe as as much as possible, I guess you could say for them to go off on their little adventure. And I think now she has been uh, violently made to believe otherwise. And she realizes that she's basically left, you know, obviously we know that Varen has gone with them, but in Moraine's eyes, she's left the dragon reborn defenseless and something is coming. Because if something bothered to go after her, then something else... Like, there are powers at play, and she's underestimated how quickly they're moving. So, she... Where's she going next? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, obviously, I would assume she's not going to the White Tower because she's having letters sent to the Tower. Which means to me she's going somewhere else. I think she's going to Tomon Head. You think so? Okay. Uh, Might be a place to find some answers. Yeah, I mean, I think given the fact that, you know, there's a connection now that she knows about from the prophecies, 
And uh, there was all that dark prophecy that they found back in the beginning. I think that's where she's headed. Okay. Well, I... Or oh. she could just be uh, pulling an old trick and maybe one of the boy, maybe she's got some kind of a tracer on one of the boys again and she's following that. Maybe. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see uh, next time we see Moraine. We'll see where she ends up. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, let's uh, let's go to the White Tower ourselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> head into Chapter 23, The Testing. Deep beneath the White Tower, Nynaeve must step through three arches of a single Tirangriol as she is tested for acceptance. Once for what was, once for what is, and once for what will be. Within each arch, Nynaeve must face her worst fears. Completing all three phases of the test, she emerges as Nynaeve Almira, accepted of the White Tower. Uh, so we get a glimpse of what it, you know, how Aes Sedai or train, trainees, novices go to be accepted in the White Tower. And it's right. through this, this Tirangriol, which we need to talk about that concept in general, I think. Because we haven't really okay. spent we haven't really spent a whole lot of time with Tirangriol, Angriol, Sagriol, you know those ideas. So, what are they? How do they work? And and how are they different? Okay, so Angriol uh, are the items that amplify the. Uh, the amount of the one power that a user can draw. So basically with an Angriol, you think of uh, if you could fill one water bottle, one regular size water bottle full of the power, and that's as much as you can draw safely. If you're using an Angriol, well, suddenly that one water bottle becomes a gallon jug. Okay. You can draw in more power. You can do more things. Saw Angriol are basically that but on a, like, hundred times bigger scale. So, like, an Angrigal, you go from a water bottle to a gallon jug. A Saw Angrigal, you go from a water bottle to a swimming pool. <laughs> All right. Uh, and and, so and we've, a, we've seen an, at least one Angrigal. Right. The one that Moraine carries. The little carries. ivory figurine that she carries. Yeah, that little yes. figurine that she's used on multiple occasions already. Yes. Um. I don't think we've had any Sangreal identified yet. No, we have not. Um, then what, what are Tirangreal? Tirangreal are something different altogether. Uh, they are objects that use the power or were made with the power for certain purposes or specific abilities. Uh, they can do things... And some of them, they're, they're very different. All kinds of different objects. Some of them look mundane, and if you don't know what they do, you'd never figure it out. Others are easy to understand, but some require one to be channeling to use them. Some of them could be used by anybody, right. whether you can channel or not. Uh, so, And they all have a specific task that they were made for, um, whether or not... They understand what that task is now or if it's currently being used for what was originally intended because of, you know, how the world was broken and right. all the knowledge was lost. That's a whole other matter. But they are basically objects made of the power to manipulate the power 
into forming certain tools and completing certain tasks. Yeah, I, I like that uh, little uh, from from Shirium. Uh, like, we're not even sure if we're using them the way they were intended to be used, but <laughs> right. Uh, they, what they're doing with them is working because we've got this one here uh, that we'll get more detail into, and then there's another one mentioned uh, the uh, the oath rod. Yeah, uh, that I don't think that name is mentioned here specifically, but it's what a, a you know an Aes Sedai will or a, an accepted being raised to sisterhood will yeah. hold the oath rod as she takes her her final vows and, and the three specific oaths to speak no word that's not true, to make no weapon to kill for one man to kill another, and to never use the power as a weapon except against dark friends, shadow spawn, or in the last extreme of defending your own life, uh, or that of your warder, or that of another sister. And I'm sure there will be more to say about those uh <laughs> Later on, but we get them get laid out in detail here, so I think I thought it was worth a mention. Uh, this particular one does have its dangers. Yeah, there have Not been everybody that. Yeah, there have been sisters who have. We find out as we kind as we go through the chapter, there have been some sisters who have gone in and never come out. I guess we wouldn't call them sisters. They were being tested, and they went yeah. in and never came out. Uh, others, when they when they first discovered it and first started trying to use it, there were sisters who went in and came out having the power burned out of them. Right. So there are some dangers to this one. However, it is viewed as a, I guess, a useful way of testing these these novices. Yeah. See if they're ready for the next level. Yep. Uh, so the way it works, uh, and if you've read it, you, you know this already, but she, she has to walk through all three arches and she's told she's going to face her fears. Once is for the past, once is for the present, or, or once for what was, once for what is, and once for what will be. So, so should we just kind of break down each one of these different scenarios that Nynaeve finds herself in? Yeah. Uh, probably go one by one, just go in order. Yeah, we'll start with uh, the first one. Uh, the one that, uh, the first one, the first time is for what was. And yeah. Nynaeve finds herself um, in a maze, um, completely unprotected. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, and uh, and her memory is not what it should be. Her, her her memory is a little off. Uh, and as she she was told before she went in, the way back will come but once. Be steadfast. Right. And while she's in the maze, trying to make her way through, she runs into an old friend. An yeah. old, 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 old friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she runs into our buddy from the eye of the world, one of the forsaken Agonor. Right. And he's being a creep. When uh, is he not? <laughs> say, say again? 
I said, when is he not? Yeah, I mean, he's being an absolute creep. Um, you know, Nynaeve is exposed, and he is saying things that make her very uncomfortable, and threatening her, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a danger. It's a threat to her, and she fights back. Yeah, she gets angry, and when she does, she uh, takes hold of Sidar and goes on the the attack, which she um, should not be able to do. Right. We we learned um, that we learned that after after she exits. We'll talk more about it in a second. But she she should not be able to channel the power. Yeah. Within here, and within these these arches. There's also something else that happens here um that i want to bring up real quick before we move past it yeah um so this has a little to do with her channeling so yeah i'll wait we'll talk about it all together in here in a second okay Um, well i mean we get we get details of the fight between nynaeve and agonor and it's just as really just as she's about to win i mean yeah, she overpowers him. She is going to be victorious, and that's when the 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 way back appears. And remembering what Sherryam said, she she takes off and exits, uh, right. and finds herself back in that chamber beneath the White Tower, um, standing in front of the arches. She is doused with water. Um. I'm told you are washed clean of what sin you may have done and those done against you. You're washed clean of what crime you may have committed and of those committed against you. You have come to us washed clean and pure in heart and soul. Mm-hmm. So uh, what was it that you wanted to bring up? Uh, uh, so one, she's able to channel, yes. which she shouldn't be able to do. But she also does something else that she shouldn't be able to do. Um, and I only even noticed, and I've read the books many, many times and I only ever noticed this today. Oh, wow. Uh, And I don't, I don't know that it's something that ever gets answered or comes up again, but I wanted to make sure to, to talk about it. Okay. Um, when they start fighting, here we go. Um, after she's attacked him and he's calling down lightning. The lightning leaped from the crowds, clouds straight for Nynaeve's heart. It seemed to her just for a heartbeat, as if time had suddenly slowed. The heartbeat took forever. She felt the flow inside of her, Sidar, and came a different spot, thought, felt the answering flow in the lightning, and she altered their, uh, the direction of the flow. So... What she's doing there, this is just pretty neat. She's manipulating the natural flow of Sidar that goes through everything. So she's taking hold of what's there in the lightning and manipulating it to alter the course of the lightning that Aganor used Sidine to summon. So basically the way that this works here is he didn't create lightning. He created the conditions and then brought lightning down. Mm. And she is latching on to the natural flow of side R that goes through each and everything to manipulate that lightning and redirect it, which is incredibly intricate 
and just shows how powerful <laughs> Nynaeve is without even realizing it, because that's not a thing that would be easily done. Mm. Um, but the other thing that he he is having a problem with, he says, you cannot, it cannot be. Uh, he starts to flee, and um, she's able... There's a specific text uh, I wanted to mention. Ah, okay, here we go. She could feel the rocks around her, the air, feel the tiny flowing bits of the one power that suffused them and made them. And she could feel Agonor doing something as well. Dimly she felt it, and far distant, as if it were something she could never truly know. But around her she saw the effects and knew them for what they were. Somehow, and I don't know if this is a thing that's happening because she's in this strange Terangrial world, or if it's some innate ability of Nynaeve's, she's able to sense Sidene here, and she should not be able to do that. Right. She's able to, like, she can't, she, basically, the other half of the power should be basically invisible, like, undetectable. And she's able to feel, not understand it, but feel what he's doing, which is she shouldn't be able to do that. Wow. Uh, so that is something I only realized today that is even happening here. So I don't know if it's a thing of with Nynaeve that Jordan just never decided to touch back on, or if it's something that has to do with what is causing these incidents. Yeah. Um, which, when we get to the end, I have a theory on how that's happening. Okay, I, I, I want before before we leave this first vision. Um, you know, it, we know that she is supposed to be facing her fears, and with the second and the third one, I I think I picked up on specific fears that she might be facing. When this one was a, a little bit of a struggle for me as far as what it is that she's particularly supposed to be overcoming, if you will, or facing with well, the fear she's supposed to be facing, you know, I, I wondered if it had maybe something to do with her previous fear of channeling the power, or maybe there's something about not being able to, able to protect those that she loves from, from threats, or maybe it just has something to do with, you know, they faced Agonor before and, <laughs> You know, there's well, there's that fear. I, that that I'm 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 struggling with this one. The other two, I I have an idea on, but this one, I'm I'm not really sure about. Yeah. Um. So I think it's two things. I think the maze represents the fear of like a feeling that she's probably experienced over the last couple of months in dealing with everything is that feeling of being lost. Okay of not being able to find the right path, not being able to be enough to protect her charges, to do all of that. But I think the Agonor thing is just a direct in, uh, fear because she tried to face him and basically he almost killed her like that. Uh, and so I think it's facing the fear of this person knowing that she can beat him. Uh because, I mean, that's... I'm sure she's carrying around some PTSD from everything with the Green Man. Sure, sure. So, I think that's... At least that's as much as I got out of the first one. Okay. You want to... Should, should we go ahead and talk about the second one? Because we're already an hour in. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so we won't be getting to chapter 24 tonight, but uh, or this week. Yeah. But, um, Thankfully, the second one goes a little faster, yeah, in my opinion. I think the, these next two are, are a little bit easier to understand. Uh, with this one, the second time she goes in, she's she's back in Emmons Field. Right. But it's not the Emmons Field that she left behind. Uh, things right. are falling apart. Uh, we find out that um, Bran Alvear is dead. Um, Harl Lujan is dead. Mm-hmm. Supposedly Sin, poisoned. For possibly, yeah. Well, Sinbui is the mayor. Yeah. What? And it really all centers around this wisdom, uh, Melina Ilar, who replaced the wisdom that replaced Nynaeve. While Nynaeve left, another one was called in, and this uh, Melina eventually showed up, and... The whole women's council is afraid of her. Yeah. The men, not much better. Um, and and Marin, Alvir is even afraid. You know, what is she going to do if Nynaeve, if she finds out Nynaeve has returned? Yeah. Um, as you said, there's suspicion that she may have poisoned Bran, Bran and, and Harold. Yeah. Um. And she might even be doing it to the children as well, making them sick so they can, so they'll yeah, keep so her she around. Can look great, yeah. When she heals them, yeah. This yeah. Uh, this woman is bad news for sure. And you know, it almost all comes to a head because Nynaeve convinces Mar- uh, Marin to round up some other some of the women that might at least be willing to listen. Yeah. And as they're heading out to do that, they're approached by this uh, Malena, and that's when the archway appears. And Nynaeve has to run through the archway with Marin Alvear screaming behind her for help. Yeah. Uh, my, my heart's breaking just thinking about it. Yeah, what that must it, have been like. Um, it's brutal, and yeah. it, it it really shows that these eyes die. They can be stone cold sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, I, you in a way you do understand um, why it's so rough on these yeah. these these novices being raised to accept it because it's going to be a hard life. Yeah, you know they they. They can only accept the very best. Like, they can't lower their standards at all. That comes up in the next chapter a little bit. Um, But I'm picking up on, you know, and and it's already kind of, I think it came up, it may have been at the end of the last book, or it may be towards the beginning of this one, of Nynaeve's reservations having left Emmons Field. Yeah, you know that that's her fear, is what's going to happen while with me gone. And she's, I, I guess you could say she's facing probably the worst possible scenario. Yeah, or at least what she thinks would be the worst possible scenario. Uh, yeah, I don't know how it could it's be her mind conjuring yeah, it up. I don't know how it could be any worse than Sin Bowie being mayor, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
And then when she emerges, you know, is there, there's that ceremony again. Um, right. You're washed clean of false pride. You were washed clean of false ambition. You come to us washed clean in heart and soul. Um, and yeah, you mentioned that it, it was something, it's really something coming from, from within her. It's, yeah. it's her own mind doing this. Um, and that's also when we get the statement from from Sherem, you must want to be Aes Sedai more than anything else in the whole world. Um, the White Tower cannot accept less. Yeah. So, Yeah. you have anything to say to on that one? I kind of no, went through all of that, that one. That pretty much is uh, all there is to really yeah. say about that one. It's just heartbreaking. Well, uh, Obviously, it's a little muted for us because we know it's not real or at least we hope it's not uh you know hopefully that's not what's actually happening in the two rivers right now we don't know almost but i would hope that's not the case yeah it it almost to me kind of had a a scouring of the shire feel oh yeah Yeah, from the end of from the end of the lord of the rings and you know that completely almost completely left out of the movies but in the books like you think everything's okay then they get back home and it's a wreck (laughs) but um yeah. Well, why don't you why don't you tell us about the third fear then? Since I, I I talked all about the second one, you talk about the third one. Yeah. So the third one uh, is for what I think it is it what could be. I, I that, think it actually says what will be. Okay. What will be? Yeah. Um. So this one is a little different in that I don't think the what she's afraid of and facing here is necessarily apparent at first because. Everything seems like it's going great. Uh, you know, he does. She's again got that kind of memory issue. She doesn't quite remember what she's supposed to be remembering. Uh, but she wakes up in Malkir, married to Lan, mother to his children, uh, queen, you know, all those things. Uh, so it seems like she's got the perfect little setup now. Mm-hmm. Like, what what else could she want? It's her perfect uh, world. Uh, and she decides, at least the first time, she's going to stay. You know? She lets go of that, that door that will only come once. Yeah. I, I think... I, I, I felt more like she was conflicted... And she just hesitated too long, and the door disappeared. Because yeah, as soon as soon as she realizes it's gone, she's frantically trying to figure out a way to get back. Yeah, which she does, <laughs> which is remarkable in and of itself, right? Yeah, shouldn't happen. A lot of these things. That's a lot. That is the name of the game with these trials and naive is that shouldn't be possible. <laughs> right, because she's told every time the way yeah. back will come but once. Yep. This time it so, comes twice. <laughs> yeah, because she basically makes it. She she forces the gate open. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think is her fear here? My thinking was it's it's fear of not being able to have the life that she wants. Like she wants, she wants this life with Lan. Yeah. But deep down she knows it's not possible. 
and that is something that 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 that's frightening for her. Yeah, I agree. I in my mind, I think it's a fear that by choosing the path that she is choosing, by choosing to be an Aes Sedai, that she has to let go of this. Like the fear that she has to face is that by choosing to do what she wants to do, to learn and to be an Aes Sedai, to protect her charges, she's sac- in her mind, she has to come to terms with the fact that she's sacrificing this possible future. Yeah. At least that's how I look at it. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the. I think that's kind of the same thing I was leaning at, just said a different way. But um, yeah, um, but she makes it. Yeah, she makes it back. This time, the Omerlin is there for the cleansing ceremony. Tells her, "You're washed clean of Nynaeve Almira from Emmons Field. You're washed clean of all ties." that bind you to the world. You come to us washed clean in heart and soul. You were Nynaeve Almir, Almira accepted of the White Tower. I want to ask a question about those rituals. Because mm-hmm. I picked up on, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the, the arches are past, present, and future. And, and we think, you know, the... Um, the things she sees, the fears she faced do kind of line up with that. There's the fears from, from the past, you know, facing Aganor. There, there's fear of what's going on in Emmons Field at the present. There's fear of what she can't have with Lan in the future. But I almost picked up on, too, these little rituals um, having little elements of that, too, of the past, present, and future. Because in the first one, you know, is you're washed clean of um, who you were. You're, you're washed clean of of the 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 sin you have done, what's been done against you, the crimes that you've committed, the committed against you. You know, when I first read that, I thought, uh, you know, it's whatever's happening in the within the arch. You know, you're washed clean of all of that. But yeah. when I read it again, I think it's you know, you're washed clean of your past. Yeah, of, of, I think it can be both. Who you were. Second one, you know, you're washed clean of ambition and 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 pride. You know, that's kind of a, yeah. a who you are now kind of thing. And then the third one, this is who you are going forward. Yep. You're washed clean of any other possible futures because this is who you are. I, I thought, you know, it, it. I think it is a little bit of. Of, of both aspects of it, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I do. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was kind of curious that it, it's, it's multi-leveled. There, there's, there's, yeah. it's like an onion. <laughs> <laughs> there's layers to it. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, just wanted to bring that up, but uh, I think that might be where we have to stop for tonight. Yeah, because uh, we're was, already past an hour, so I don't think we're going to get into chapter twenty-four. No, I did have one more thing I wanted to touch on before we finish this chapter. That's fine. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so at the very end, when she does come back out, uh, she basically has two large blackthorn. Oh yeah, splint, 
thorns in each of her palms, uh, which she was envisioning that the black thorn when she was trying to summon forth the gate to get home. So it's interesting that that bush, that uh, black thorn that apparently she pierced her own hands with, she created that using her mind. That wasn't in the vision. Hmm. She created that vision in her mind to help herself channel. She made them sharp and cruel, wishing they would pierce her flesh. She did that to herself, which brings to question, what are these column, these archways actually doing? And I think I know what the answer is, but unfortunately for you and the listeners, we'll have to wait a little <laughs> bit longer to find that answer. Nice, nice tease. Nice, yeah. nice tease. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know if I can wrap my head around that right now anyway, so... Um. Yeah. So, listeners, keep listening if you ever want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> don't give up on us. We still got a long way to go and a lot of things to think about. Um, I guess that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I don't know... I don't know that I have any final thoughts. We covered everything pretty much. Uh, yeah, that was I there. Think... Uh, no white cloaks. No, no white cloaks. So you know that's a good thing. And um, you know, still haven't heard from our old friend Narg. No, we haven't. Um, I think we just uh, this these chapters answer very few questions and give us lots more. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of been a theme recently. <laughs> I need answers. I don't need more questions. Um, you have any final thoughts for us? No, I just, uh, you know, we're getting into some real meat and some uh, more deep concepts in these couple of chapters that we're not even going to realize half of the importance of till way later, which yeah. is the fun of these books. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that sometime down the road. Uh, and listeners, I hope y'all are looking forward to that too, because there's, there's a lot of, a lot of fun things ahead for us. some of it, which I don't even know yet. Steven knows, and he's, you know, he, he's got a smile on his face cause he knows all the things. <laughs> and, uh, I know how I desperately, I know how desperately he wants to share those things with us, but uh, it's going to take us some time to get there. Um, so just hold I don't know on everything. Tight. I mean, like I said, I, I learned something new just reading it today. That's true. That's so. true. That, that, that was, that was fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to go ahead and call it an episode for this week. So, Listeners, as always, thank you so much for joining us here at The Wind Was a Beginning. You know that new episodes are released every Tuesday. Uh, usually they, they should be available on Tuesday morning for you to listen to on your commute, uh, if you make a commute, or to just listen to at some point during the day. Um, we hope that you will subscribe so you get those new episodes as soon as they're available We'd also love it if you would rate and review this show. Uh, that would go a long way helping us to 
bring in more potential listeners. We'd be happy to have that. So uh, make sure you do that. Spread the word. Uh, we're on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we have a YouTube page. You can email us. Uh, and I believe all that information is available in the show notes where you can reach us uh, on those platforms. So make sure you look at that. Reach out to us. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts, your comments, your questions. Uh, we uh, are preparing for a Q&A episode like we did at the end of Season 1. We want your questions. We would love to have your questions and to include those in that episode as well. So if you have those, send them to us through one of those platforms. Uh, and if not, just just say hi. Just, just say hi and let us know that you're listening and... Uh, We'll be glad to interact with you on social media. Um, as we said at the top of the show, we were, did not get to chapter 24 this week, so we will be covering chapter 24 uh, next week, as well as chapters 25 and 26. So 24 through 26 for next week, that will be the plan. I guess we should say that, that it's the plan to cover those chapters. Uh, sometimes plans are going to get changed, but we'll be prepared for those three chapters in our next episode. So once again, we are so thankful that you have joined us this week. We hope you'll come back next week and continue to read this fantastic series with us. And with that, we will say so long for now. We'll see you next time. Everybody have a great day. 